0: So I have to ask, are you ready? Are you ready for Easter with its promise of life and love and wings? Can we take a moment to try and imagine the story of that first Easter morning when these three women come to the tomb prepared to anoint the body of their friend Jesus, as was the custom in those days, and they find the the stone has already been rolled back and the tomb is empty and his body was gone. Were they ready for that? Our choir this morning rehearsing was trying to pull it all together. and I I for once reined myself in but I thought about saying to them the first Easter wasn't perfect either. (laughs) And I love that Mark's Gospel ends right here with these women running away. The text says, amazed and afraid. You may know that many years, maybe even centuries later, Other lines were added to this ending to make it a little or a lot less abrupt, to create what one critic or scholar called a happier ending, which included the risen Christ, like the other and later Gospels. But this earliest version leaves things incomplete, uncertain, a mystery. A story waiting for us to finish. One of my spiritual heroes, the Catholic Richard Rohr, writes, I believe in mystery and multiplicity. My experience of a loving and endlessly creative God has led me to trust in both. People who've had any genuine spiritual experience always know that they don't know. They are utterly humbled before mystery. They are in awe before the abyss of it all, in wonder at eternity and depth, and a love which is incomprehensible to the mind. Isn't this the invitation of the empty tomb, to wonder about these things, to be in awe before the mystery? The abyss of it all. To ask, how does this symbolic story speak to me? How might it inform our lives in these days? You might rightly wonder, well where are the men, the disciples who've been traveling with Jesus throughout his itinerant ministry? We have to imagine that they're probably in hiding, Maybe they're feeling guilty about how they abandoned or betrayed their friend. That they weren't present to him in his suffering as they protested they would be beforehand. You know, it's the women, and some of you could stand up and testify to this, I know. It's the women who are quietly there at the most pivotal moments. Standing at the cross as Jesus is dying, coming to the tomb, and later we have to assume sharing the story. What about the stories of our lives? They aren't neat or orderly, are they? We're all in process, right? And we know enough, we know plenty about disappointment and loss, about suffering and death. We've come through these past three years. We've been just now through another New England winter. And now Easter is here. It may be taking some of us by surprise. Easter with its promise of resurrection, of new life. Some of us are ready, more than ready, to break out in song and in gladness. While others of us might need a little more time. Some years the transition from Good Friday to Easter seems rather abrupt to me. I could use a few more days. And I want and I need to live into this promise of resurrection as mysterious and as incomprehensible as it can be. I think of a woman who was a longtime member of this church. She died a few years ago. She was a mother, and she had two sons. After these sons were grown and gone, one of them died by suicide. And only you who have suffered the death of a child can imagine the depth of that loss. In the following years, the other son, feeling some amount of survivor guilt, I have to imagine, he got himself lost in alcohol and drugs. At some point he disappeared and over time his parents feared him dead. Now and then his mother would think that she'd seen her lost son walking down the road or somewhere off in the distance. This went on for quite a while this loss and this uncertain yet hanging on to hope kind of mourning. Then one day, it was about this time of year, I believe, he returned. One day, unannounced, he showed up at their door. This beloved child, whose parents feared he was dead and lost to them, he was alive. He was there with them in the flesh, and they welcomed their son back with open arms. Now tell me. Isn't this a resurrection story? And so I wonder, what are the signs of new life that are appearing around you, perhaps inside you in these days? Are you open to seeing them and taking hope and joy and courage from them? Do you know a resurrection story yourself? An old pastor was once asked, do you believe in the resurrection? And he responded, of course I do, of course I do. I've seen it too many times to not believe. And what about all those little signs of life that are popping up around us? Those little green shoots that are just now twisting their way up through the cold ground. What about the crocuses and the daffodils, all the birds flitting around, flirting with each other, the buds on the trees about to burst open? That prayer by E. E. Cummings, I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes, I who have died am alive again today. And this is the sun's birthday, this is the birthday of life and love and wings. Anybody here who can affirm that, I who have died am alive again today anyone need to put into practice Gretchen Haley's invocation? Roll away the stone of your hesitant heart. Anybody here have a hesitant heart? I'm not the only one, am I? Anyone a bit reluctant to hope because of how you've been disappointed in the past? And you know, you know how bitter that disappointment can be, right? Anyone a bit wary of getting their hopes up too high after all the disruption and all the changes that we've been through? Don't we, we of the hesitant heart, don't we need to heed and hear this call, this invitation to be alive again, to be as fully alive as we can be? And you know, you don't have to do this all at once. It can happen slowly and gradually. I had a spiritual director once and she would remind me, she would say, I think the resurrection took a little longer than three days. It can be scary to let down your guard and to look up and to reach out, to roll away the stone of your hesitant heart, to let the light shine on all the sleeping shadows, to waken to this day, as the choir just sang, that offers itself to you and to all with such a great extravagance. This being human, it is a reminder. It is full of reminders that everyone we love, including ourselves, we are all mortal formed from the earth, and, you know, back to the earth, we're all going to return. So how do we live in the face of this reality? Easter asks us and compels us to be alive while we are here, right? To try and not take any of it for granted. To look for signs of resurrection around us and within us. There's a former pastor who is now a Southern California surfer named Rob Bell. One of you turned me on to his podcast years ago, and he's brilliant. He's prolific also. And he says the message message that Jesus taught was pretty simple, and it's this. You are already at the party. You're already at the party. What if we lived like that? Trusting the blessings of this world are ours to cherish and enjoy that we're already at the party. Robin just said, Robin just said, Amen. Thanks, Robin. And just so you know, Robin doesn't need to go anywhere. We're good, right? The Presbyterian minister put it this way. Frederick Beekner put it this way. He said, The grace of God means something like this. Here is your life. You might never have been, but you are, because the party wouldn't have been complete without you. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. So often in the Bible, messengers from God appear to normal humans with this simple message, fear not, don't be afraid. In Mark's gospel, Jesus keeps asking his followers, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? For Jesus, faith is not about what you think or about what you believe, it's about how you live. And we get reminded of this every week, right, when we affirm that we intend to act with love and to quest after truth and that service is our prayer. Of course, fear is a natural emotion and it can even be helpful, right, in keeping you out of trouble and certain kinds of danger. I'm not saying to be silly or, can I use this word talking about people, stupid. Don't be stupid. But you know, fear can also create a prison around you, holding holding you back from living as fully as you are meant to live. Who among us doesn't know at least something about these prison walls, whether they are imposed by ourselves or by our society? Good religion encourages a life-affirming faith and helps to to start taking down those walls rather than being hemmed in by them. Easter calls us to let down our guard and live with more hope and more love and more joy, maybe even more than we have dared to imagine, to turn away from fear and toward the promise of love, to let this new life begin. Let this new life begin as we roll away the stone. Of course, Easter doesn't magically wipe away our sadness, our loss, our grief, but it does proclaim boldly and persistently that our pain and our suffering in this transitory life, they are not the whole story. They are not the whole story and death does not get the last word. Death does not get the last word. May this be our happy task in these days, to turn away from fear and let this new life begin. This life which is all around and waiting for us, these days of light and gladness, these gifts of love and goodness, here, right here, for us to receive and enjoy. My prayer in these days is that we remember the promise of God's grace. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you now and forever. Amen. Amen.